Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 1420 The Watch Clicker Podcast with your host, Sandrew. I'm a good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Doing really well. Yes, even though I messed up the intro twice. <laughs> I mean, just once. I dropped my phone, guys. I was trying to do something really quick, and then and then I was looking around for a place to put my phone that would be quiet. And so you just slammed it on the middle of the table that holds our microphones. No, I, I dropped it first time, and then I was looking for a quiet place, so it was a long delay. At least it felt like a long delay. <laughs> you can cut that out, though. Yeah. This... Thanks for that. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing have all you right. run yet today? I, I have. I mean, I did okay. my, it's Sunday, so I did my uh, long run. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, every Sunday. That's the Sunday deal. It's like, th- this morning was 13 miles in the pouring rain. Yeah, it was miserable. You know what was, what's weird about the rain right now is it's pouring, pissing, miserable, concern of flash flood raining, and it's 50 degrees. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. So, you, you know, it was raining hard enough that you sort of have to have um, a jacket on. But then you turn in, it's like wearing a garbage bag. Yeah, it's too warm. So yeah. I've got a good, I've got a good running jacket that breathes okay, but oh, just okay. Yeah, I, I had trouble getting comfortable at work last night. I was wearing a jacket at first and I took it off and I got wet and I was like, well, fuck it. So I also unlayered and was just wearing a regular long sleeve shirt. I was like, I'm wet. This is my life now. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Yep. But I'm not cold. It. I'm just wet. You know, uh, I've done that before where you just run in a t-shirt or whatever. And if it's warm, right? If it's over about 50, uh, you have to do that with that. But then you get like the plaster, like the Superman costume, uh, which in mm-hmm. my case is not a particularly I also run super look. fast. So it also, it like just sticks to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's not true though. It was good though. I'm good. Uh, I'm a little tired. You know, the, as we were sort of getting up in mileage where this is like, the beginning of the scale up so it, it just gets longer from here but um you, you know the, it affects you you know you just 13 miles whatever it's not a big deal but you get into like 20 25 30 miles and it really fucks up the rest of your day yeah yeah like ruins it yeah unless you're cam haynes uh yeah who runs right. a marathon at lunch that's right like a dickhead I mean, that guy's just a freak of nature right yeah he's an antelope he, he's crazy with his diet he's crazy with his mileage He's a machine. That's true. A machine. I saw him running uh, once. It was very weird. I was like, oh, I know you. Bye. I've seen him a couple of times in Alton Baker, and I see him, and I'll be like, I'm going to try to keep up with him. Yeah, right. But I can't because he reps like 645. Yeah. And also, by the time you're seeing him, he's at like mile 14 and starting the like a climb and still running faster than you would ever want to. I told you about trying to keep up with him at Butte to Butte a few years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, oh, it, he could be pushing a stroller, like a running stroller yeah. with an adult inside of it, and you still would not be able to keep up with him. I think he ran, I think he ran like 39.50 that year, which is two minutes faster than my PR, so. That's too fast. <laughs> too fast. Yeah. But other than that, I'm good. We're talking about watches today, buddy. We're, we're going to get there. Okay. Yeah, are you, you're not ready yet? Now I'm ready. Let's take it slow. Hey, we'll take I'm it ready. slow. Between you gotta warm me up. You gotta preheat the oven. Well, yep, yep. Well, you gotta fluff you up a little bit. All right, now we're good to go. <laughs> we are. We're, we're talking gonna, about watches. We're gonna talk about some watches this, today. This is a watch podcast. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this is a watch podcast. And look at this. For those of you who complain about how off topic we are, we're four minutes and thirty seconds in, and we are about to get into our secondary topic. Anything new on the website this week? Uh. uh 
Well, this was a little bit of a slow week on the website. Yeah. But we did have we did have our very first yesterday morning, Saturday morning, our very first weekly roundup, which uh is a new thing we're trying out. We'll see if it sticks. Um but what we're doing is rounding up our favorite things we read in the watch media, read, listened to, watched perhaps. Mhm. In watches this week. So, um we linked to a few different things this week. Um we we read to some or linked to some auctions uh discussed by Tony over at Riskatement. Mm-hmm. Some non-Daytona auctions of really, really ridiculously expensive watches. But I also thought it was a cool article. Uh I think it's Ben's Watch Watch Club. Ben's Watch Club, yep. Ben's Watch Club. Uh did a did a review on the like a trio of Seiko fives this week. Mm-hmm. The old Seiko fives, you know, vintage, not vintage, but but the classic Seiko fives pre pre rebirth of Seiko five. And I thought it was a great look. It's more detailed than you normally get. Usually, when people say, "Oh, you should check out this Seiko five, this SNKL or whatever," mm-hmm. it's this is an automatic watch by Seiko for under a hundred bucks, and it's really cool. And that's it. He looks at these three watches, kind of talks about the differences you know what you can expect with one versus the other because i think a lot of people look at those seiko fives and they see zero difference but there's some notable differences so he really looked close at those anyway it's a new thing we're going to do if you if you think of anything that you say oh man check this cool thing out that happened feel free to shoot it to us and maybe it'll make our weekly roundup or it won't but we'll always appreciate it or it won't that's right that's right um but yeah i you know so i woke up and had 400 unread text messages from just the watch clicker thread. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, when you guys planned out the the weekly roundup. Because I was like, this is absurd. This is the most that's ever been. <laughs> um, so a lot of watch clicker chat happens when you're asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say most of it. Yeah. Sometimes I text you guys in the middle of the night. You just I just ping you with, your, like, with the name. Because you guys all know on the iPhone thing, you, if you're in a group chat, you can tag someone's name and it'll make their phone vibrate even if the the message or the text thread is on do not disturb so i do that sometimes that's fun yeah the other night mike and i were texting for a little bit while he was up with the baby while he was doing baby feeding middle of the night baby feeding so now seven and a half minutes in that's more appropriate yeah let's get into the main topic perfectly acceptable main topic the meat and potatoes sweet potatoes Mm. sweet potatoes we're talking about the objectively best Pilot watch for under 500 smackaroonies. And there is no caveat this week, Will. You're welcome. When we had to go 501 for yep. sport watch. No, nope. he shut us down last time anyway, so. That's still titled like that on the website or on the on the feed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but for SEO purposes, that's not how it made the website. Um, yeah, so so the criteria is is simple here, right? It, it's, it's not a criteria so much as uh, an aggregate, right? We take... Watches that might qualify, we try to sort of cull out a handful of them because you can get in the weeds scoring watches pretty quickly. Um, oh, yeah, we've done some episodes where I had like three, four sheets of watches trying to find the the right ones. And I think we're sort of, as we've done this a handful of times, we're getting better at sort of knowing what's going to score really well, right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to just go through a handful of these. First, I want to talk about what, what I was looking for. Yeah, let's do it. So... For for me, and I, and I think I have a pretty standard view of what a a pilot watch is. Sure, not necessarily a, a Flieger. Like it doesn't have to be that really traditional Flieger style watch for me. Yeah. 
What I'm looking for is that that word's actually pronounced flieger. Flieger. I'm not looking for that really traditional. That's not that's not the end all be all. That is among them, right? That's a that's one of the categories within a pilot watch. But I'm looking for something a little bigger, just a, you know, a little bigger, or at least a bigger dial, more simple dial. I want a big crown. I want a good big crown. A 24-hour ring. And that's kind of it. Like, I don't want a bezel unless it's a chronograph. And then I can see it. Like, there's still that functionality. But this is, I think, one of the most, for me, one of the most diverse categories of watches. We've tried to find the objectively best within. Because there's so many veins of what a pilot watch is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that I, 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 the pilot watch, when you know, a Flieger watch is, I think, something specific. But when you talk about a pilot watch, you really open it up, you know, sort of like a field watch. Or what's, mm-hmm. a, what's a field watch? It's a pragmatic description more than anything. For a pilot watch, I think historically, um, well, even today, you want it to be legible. You want to be able to look down, you know, whether it's strapped to your thigh or your forearm. You want to be able to look down and read it. Mm-hmm. at a glance and historically a big big crown right so you can operate it with gloves so you can operate it with gloves while you're while you're flying or the keyboard <laughs> that's right that's right i always think of rick moranis in honey i shrunk the kids typing in the keyboard about Just, breakfast yeah. and oh dad's typing with gloves on again um yeah so, so legible Big crown, and it's got to just feel like a pilot watch. I mean, I think yeah. that's the other thing, right? I think that twelve and twenty-four hour ring really helps, even though that's really reminiscent of a of a field watch too. I, I just i I think these two watches are sort of one and the same because they're born out of the same thing. The yeah, size is really the difference. It, interestingly enough, there were watches that I looked at today that I thought, well, this is a pilot watch, and then it calls itself a field watch, or or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought this is really a field watch, but it calls itself a pilot watch. So, yeah. um, I I think that we did a good job, sort of. Keeping the watches, these are all, I think just about all the watches we're going to talk about today are quote-unquote pilot's watches. I don't, yeah, I don't think we're going to get a lot of pushback on defining watch. <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's right. But you never know. Sometimes we do, because sometimes people have opinions. Yeah. I, do you just want to kind of go through the watches we looked at without without revealing the scores? Ooh, yeah, let's do that. And then we'll, and then we'll, we'll drum roll, please. Uh, like uh, America's Funniest Home Videos and announce our third place winner and then our champion. Yeah, I think I think sometimes we uh, will score each other's watches, but I think we were close enough. W- with one exception, we basically had the same watches and kind of agreed yeah. on the same watches. Um, so why don't you run through what you have and I'll fill in any gaps. Here. Okay, so I pulled down, the, the, the first one that came to mind was was the Nighthawk yeah, for me because that's one of my favorite pilot watches of all time. Top of my list. Uh, it's also extremely affordable it's getting less affordable right now so if you've been on the fence about it do buy them because they have stopped making them yeah. they're they're ringing at about 300 dollars. i think about a year ago this time they're ringing at about 220 250 i found one i found one joma i think or maybe long i don't remember where i found them on an, on a provider today for 220 yeah 225 um but the the couple a couple places i found them they were they were upwards of 300 uh and i think on the amazon they're at about 300 uh, I went from there to the Aviate Edgar, and the Edgar was one I hoped was going to do a, uh, better than it did, um, and it just it just didn't it didn't land right. It just it missed in some really key categories. But it's a watch style that I really like until you get close to the dial, and then you get just kind of that weird, kind of sandy textured dial, which bummed me out. 
it was subtle enough that I didn't notice until I until it was very macro photos though. Yeah. So it's it, without seeing it in person, there's no way to know. Uh, I, I pulled the SNG fifteen, okay, the Notice Sector Pilot, the Laco thirty nine Aachen Type B, and the Boliva A fifteen. Yeah, and and in addition to those, I've got uh, I've got the Seiko SNA four eleven. Yep, that was I looked at that, but it didn't didn't pull it. Mm-hmm. I've got the Kakoda K01, mm. which says on its website it's 508, but you can almost always find a discount code. So 10% right now, you can get a 10% discount. So I included it. Uh, and, and it actually does pretty well. And the Islander Pilot. Oh, yeah. The Islander Pilot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. One other watch I watch, one other watch I included that I almost sent to you, but it's the T-Cell Pilot. T-Cell is a Korean company. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that watch before. Uh, and we've talked about it. You and I have talked about it a lot. And I think we've actually talked about it on the on the show before. Um, and, and so I included that as well. And, and, and at the price it sells at, I think it's, I think it's worth a look. So, um, I think that whole T-cell line is worth a look. Yeah. You know, they do really good work. Uh, T-cell does. I think that it is, gets lumped in with these mushroom brands and I don't really feel like it is, although they're clearly making primarily homage watches. Um, they're just doing them really well for, mm-hmm. for a really fucking good price. So if you can get a Rolex for 500 bucks, get a Rolex for 500 bucks. Yeah, I think, I think 225. Yeah. yeah. Or 250. Yeah. So um, great. Great. I think that's a good place. Why don't we talk about in terms of uh, ranking? So we're not going to give you the scores for all of these, but why don't we talk about a little bit about the limitations about applying our objective list to a pilot watch? Because yeah. I, there's a few I noticed, right? Oh, there's two right off the bat. Yeah. Primarily... Well, no, not primarily. The two right off the bat were the the only where our scoring lends itself towards dive watches yeah. or sport watches. Yeah. Water resistance, you can get up to 10 points in water resistance. Very few of these watches, you're going to see more than 50 meters of water resistance. Uh, 11 points in water resistance. Yeah. yeah. I don't... I'm tired, man. I'm barely literate right now. <laughs> uh, so water resistance, you get up to 11 points, right? One One point for every 10 meters, up to 100... And then anything else is gravy. Yeah. Right? So you get that extra point for 101 meters and beyond. And then size. And and we have, uh, we're prejudiced towards that 38 to 40 millimeter sized watch. Mm-hmm. Which means that when you, and so for each half a millimeter off of that spectrum. That window. You lose a point. Half a millimeter is a point. So when you get to a 42 millimeter watch, you're losing a you're losing six points. You're losing points. four. Yeah, you're losing yeah, four. four you're getting six points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're seeing, we, we see a lot of pilots watches in that 42 to 45 category. Yeah. And that's hurtful. So you get you get a four-point watch because of your size. And then because you don't need water resistance because these aren't designed for, they're, they're designed to actually survive in, in less pressure. They're losing points because they have 30 meters of water resistance. So yeah. our objectively perfect an objective measuring scale for watches scores pilot watches as objectively worse than other styles of watches. Right. <laughs> because that's the way it is. Now, the other categories, we've got the movement. And Everett and I score movements a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, we've got the the shoes that it comes with, whether it be strap, bracelet. Um, and it's stock. It's not what you can put on it. It's what the OEM shoes are for this watch. Yeah. The overall aesthetic, which is the only slightly subjective measurement no no (laughs) we've got durability and durability also captures the versatility of the watch yeah not just something that it it 
it captures that whole thing. Like, can this watch go anywhere, do anything? What are its limitations in the way of its wear? And and for my for my part, everything got eights and nines in durability today. We've got a ton of sapphire. We've got yep great finishes. So anyway, keep going. I had a couple that lost some durability points below eight and nine. Um, so now so those are all worth ten points. Water resistance eleven. Size, movement, shoes, aesthetic, durability up to ten points. Loom up to five points. Everett's pretty strict about the way he he grades his loom. It's all about the material. Mine is the material combined with how it's applied where it is what no, it's doing no nope, yours is not it is not yeah it absolutely oh, is. i thought you told me i thought you told me it wasn't oh no no absolutely regardless loom up to five points and then x factor does it have that je ne sais pas quoi quoi <laughs> well, i also don't know pa so what up <laughs> uh does it have the x factor another five point category slightly subjective yeah yeah that's right yeah I mean, yeah, you, the, there are two categories here that are completely objective. In our objective standards, there are exactly two categories that are subject or objective. For a total of 76 points is our max score? I think that's right. Close enough, anyway. For those of you doing the math at home. Right. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 71. 71. Yeah, I don't Whatever. I'm tired, man. We've talked about this moments ago. <laughs> 71. I think a good place for us to start here. Uh, is the watch that we disagreed on mm, vehemently? Okay. I would say we've disagreed on this watch vehemently. Um, and this isn't the first time. No, no, and that's okay on it, this watch. So the first watch, the first watch we're gonna include in our in our um, rundown today, our sort of official score rundown, is the Laco Achen Augs Aachen Augsburg combo. So these yeah. are thirty nine millimeter traditional fliegers from the German company Laco. Yep. Um, and they're dope. They're dope. I mean, this is a heritage flieger from a traditional pilot watch company that sells primarily in the $1,300 plus mm -hmm. range. They sell some pretty, some very expensive watches. And this is an entry level, I mean, truly entry level. I think these are coming in at like 410 bucks from the website. Yeah, I think so. I wrote 40 and that's just not possible. I must have gotten distracted but it's four hundred and a, a a single digit dollar amount. Yeah, I think they're, these are basically four hundred and change all day. Yeah, four hundred and change. So from from Germany, this heritage company, uh, and it's it's a no shit traditional Flieger style. They make I think the Aachen Aachen is the type. I think it might be Aachen. I don't know. I don't speak German. Type A, and the Augsburg is Type B, or vice versa. Uh, I don't really care that much. So on my list, this has scored really well. Mm -hmm. I think this is fourth overall on my list. And I think it's done slightly worse on yours. But but here's the basics. 39 millimeters, so it scores mm -hmm. a 10 in terms of size. 50 meters of water resistance, so it loses points there. It's got an 8 series Miyota. Yep. It's got a traditional, well-constructed flieger with the two rivets mm -hmm. in between the lungs. Uh, lugs. Uh, flieger style strap. <laughs> It gets high marks in terms of looks for me because it's just the traditional flieger. Mm -hmm. Durability is going to be great. Sapphire crystal, AR coated, yada yada yada. I think it's got a. I think it's got a C three loom. In fact, I'm sure as I say that it's got a C three loom. Yeah, I agree. And then I give it very high X factor points, and it comes in at about fifty six points for me. Exactly fifty six points, indeed. And, and you say, well, yeah, that scored 
51 for me. And I said, well, yep. gosh, where the heck does it lose points? And and so here's the thing. I want this watch to score better. And and many of the just slightly higher priced offerings, the ones that break that 500 point, score significantly higher. Here was the problem for me. I don't like the green. Yeah. I want white. Now I get that the green is a choice. I get it's a I get it's there, right? That's the design. But for me, that eats away at the durability of it because it pulls away from some it 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 pushes it out there just a little bit. It's not just a black and white dial. So I I think you're gonna lose some versatility, even though this is a really well sized, great fleeker. This isn't like this isn't me saying I don't like the watch, but it is me saying I don't like green. Green for me is your faux patina loom. Yeah, sure. So and that is C three loom, which yeah. is which is going to give it a definitely a green cast. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, that's that's where it, where it misses for me. So it misses because of that miss. It misses an aesthetic. It misses in durability, and then I it it loses some loom points for me because I don't. That's not what's important to me in the way that because they have. Uh, I'm not going to pull any of them up. But they have way better. They have watches that fit me better. These at this price point, this is what we're hamstrung a little Laco bit. Laco has watches that fit you better. Yeah, they certainly don't fit your price, your your pocketbook better. No, they do not. Right. But they have they have watches that are going to fit into this category better, score significantly better for me. The problem is with the under five hundred dollar mark, we're a little bit hamstrung, and just my taste, my very objective taste, uh didn't lend itself to pushing it. Now, had it had it been white, I think our scores mirror each other. Yeah, and I think you've basically given it, because it's got C3 Loom, You it's lost three points uh, for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I think you've gamed the system. You've over-gamed the system here. I, I disagree with your your scoring here. Well, it's my score. Yeah, I, I get that, but I think that, uh, I, th- I think that you have to f- figure out a point to give it a discount for that. And I mean... Oh, no, I take your point. I understand. And it's and and it is not a I don't Oh, no, not the Mandarin Greyhound. So here's the bottom here's the bottom line on that. Uh I want this watch to have done better. And if you're not me, I think this watch is yeah. is a top 3 watch. That that's right. That's that's that was going to be my bottom line basically. This is a great watch and it's affordable and I think that if you want that classic Flieger style watch, you're going to pay a little bit for Now where this doesn't do well everywhere. It's, no, it does. It has poor water resistance. Well, and, and most of these have poor water resistance. I, I think. I think that the water resistance is sort of in line with what we'd expect for a Flieger. In fact, the other Fliegers mm. on my list, only one of them does better, and that's that's the Islander. I have three that have better water resistance of the classic Flieger stuff. Oh no, 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 not yeah. of the classic Flieger. Yeah. So, so I mean, this is right in there for Flieger style, but it's got an eight twenty one yep. Miyota movement, which sucks. Uh, yeah, and I say it sucks. I don't think an eight twenty one sucks, but it's not a great movement, you guys. Um, on my movement scale, an eight twenty one gets a six, mm. and a seven S two six gets a seven. Uh, let's see, an NH thirty five gets an eight, and a ninety fifteen gets a nine. That's sort of where I and an eco drive gets a one. That's just so we're all <laughs> no, so we're all aware. Eco drive gets a seven. I put yeah. an eco drive on par with a seven S two six. So, um, above a eight two one. So. It doesn't have a great movement, um, but for me, that was it, right? I, I gave this top marks an X factor because it is Laco, right? Because mm-hmm. this is one of these companies uh, that I think is just great. And I think if you're looking for this watch, you should be looking at this. 
I, I think there's two watches that I'm, we're probably not going to talk about in detail today, but that you should look at if you're looking at these. And, and the reason you should look at these is because they provide 95% of the same shit for about half of the money. Yeah. For, so the first of those is Long Island, Mark, from, from mm -hmm. Island Watch, who came on. Uh, the Islander Pilot, this is one of his newer selections, uh, but it, it's a 42 millimeter watch, so slightly bigger. 100 meters of water resistance. Yeah. So it's a banger in terms of water resistance. I think he's got an NH35 in there. Yes, he does. Um, he's got a whatever strap on it. A whatever strap. Mm -hmm. Just a leather strap. You're going to put that thing on a NATO or or something anyway. Uh, but it looks great. Sapphire crystal. 100 meters of water resistance. Great durability scores. Good loom. I think he's I think he's got BGW9. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think we even talked about the pilot watch when he came on. And the other one is that yeah. T cell, right? The Korean T, yeah. T cell. Uh you, you know, 50 meters of water resistance, but you've got a 90S5 movement or a 9015, depending on which one you pick. Mm -hmm. Um also enough of whatever strap, but 40 millimeters or is it 39? I think they're 40. 39 or 40. One no, of the two. Know. Doesn't matter. Um they're still in the they're in the sweet spot. But these are traditional and and what I like about T cell is you can get a diamond crown or um yeah. Or an onion. Or an onion crown. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. So both T-Cell and Islander are going to be extremely well-constructed, just as well-constructed as the Laka would be, my guess. And maybe even slightly better. I, I mean, I, I can't say for certain. I can say just from our limited experience with the Islander watches, his finishing is great. His design work is really well done. He, yes. he does a good job with that, and we can speak to that. I think his dials yeah. look to me to be a little less precise than either the T-Cell or the Laka, just the printing. But maybe, but it's a really close thing. Mm -hmm. So, if you're looking for that classic Flieger, that should be on your list. Those, yeah, those three, I think, are the ones that you look through, and one of them is gonna, it's gonna suit you. Yeah. So I think the next watch I'd like to talk about specifically is the Gakota K01 because also a classic Flieger style. Mm -hmm. Now this watch is five hundred eight dollars on the website, but you can always find a discount. Uh, ten percent discount codes on these all, all the time. Um, How do they do that? They're just always... Oh, you know, I think they probably build in a margin for affiliate type stuff. Mm -hmm. That's my guess, uh, which makes sense. Um, but this Gakota K01, I think this thing is just totally gorgeous. The finishing on this is great. Mm -hmm. The handset is lovely. The dial is... Dope. Totally fantastic. I think that this, to me, the K01, looks more like a modern super high finish micro watch than any of the others we've talked about so far i agree and yeah. it scores really well right it scores really well um i want to say that the ko1 has a nh35 movement in it nope it's an edda 2824 oh oh 2824 yeah that's right so fantastic movement in that in that watch for 500 bucks 500 bucks you're getting a swiss 2824 and there's something to be said for that. Like, like for people looking at a watch like this, I think Swiss is going to appeal to to some to to that pop to a population. And it's going to come on a great strap. Mm -hmm. It's going to come on a great strap because it's a, because it's Gakota. Yeah, it looks great. Top marks in terms of looks. Durability is going to be fantastic because they've got sapphire and all the goodies. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is just a great watch. A little bit more expensive than the others. 
Yeah, it's going to be the the very top of our of our price list. But the the distressed leather they have on there, I think they did a really good job contrasting that super high high gloss radial brush dial with just a, just a little bit rugged looking leather. Yeah, and, and I a think good crown. I think in terms of fit and finish, this is this is the bee's knees of all the ones we've looked at today. Thus far, yeah. Uh, w- w- what say what you will about Kakoda or whatever. Um, and and frankly, I think Dakota is one of those companies that nobody ever says anything bad about. Just you just don't hear people talk about it. I don't I don't know why. I wonder why they've got white printing on their dial. So just to run through scores real quick, the the Laco I've got that at fifty six, and I've got it at fifty one. So we can average it down to a what's that fifty three? <laughs> Let's just call it a fifty six and a fifty one. Uh, the T cell I've got the T cell at a fifty five. And you did not write that. I did not score it, but my assumption would be that it comes in at probably uh, probably a 55, yeah. The Islander, I've got it at a 54. I think it's right in there, yeah. The Gekota, the KO1, I have a 60. Interesting. I have that at a 60. And, and, and the so, reason yeah. for that is you've got 100 meters of water mm-hmm. resistance. Yep. So it gets automatically, you've got extra points there. It's got that fantastic movement. It looks phenomenal. Great durability score. Yep. It gets scored down a little bit in terms of X Factor, uh, but great loom. Yeah, it just kills. It kills. Objectively, very, very good watch. Yeah. And you cheated. Uh, did I? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it is. I, I think under $500, you're going to get that under $500. Yeah, sure. every day of the week. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel like it's I feel like it's in there. Okay. What's your next watch? Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the A15. The Bulova A15. This is a relatively new release, like last two years release. Yep. And I, when they came out with it, I was, you won't believe this, but totally smitten. Uh, I will believe did, it. This is a did, watch that did you pull get up the chronograph. About. Yeah. Okay. So this is a pilot's chronograph, internal rotating bezel, super clear print, 24 hour ring, off uh, uh, contrast color, inner, or a, a contrasted color, inner 24 hour ring a white 12-hour ring, your minutes. It's got all the things you want in a pilot watch. It's legible. The size is right on it. It's it's all the things I want. And none of the things that score well on our list. Yeah. <laughs> 60 meters of water resistance. It's fucking, it's 44 yeah. millimeters. Yeah. I, I think 30 meters of water resistance on this guy. 42. Oh, yeah. it's it, Yeah. And 30, 30 meters yeah, of water 42 resistance. 42 and 30 meters. Uh, I, I matched my size and water resistance scores to the one that you sent me today i usually do size first and then water resistance next that's why i'm mixing the two up because my columns are out of place (laughs) it's got an eight series miyota movement in it eight eight series miyota movement i imagine the leather is just ho-hum okay i'm sure on the strap i'm sure it's a whatever the aesthetic is great this is super classically styled very it's updated vintage inspired yeah i gave this a nine in terms of looks i gave it a nine in terms of looks and a four in terms of x factor which are both Mm -hmm. good scores very good yeah and it's still got a 44 overall Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's still got a 44 it landed a 41 from me for as much as i like this watch and it got a it got a three in x factor because it's there's some weird there's there's some oddities to it and what i was hoping when this watch got released i was hoping this was boulevard turning a corner and then i just kept hoping yeah this feels very much to me like a watch that should be better than it is yeah if you know and and i don't mean to say it's not a great watch because i think it is a really neat watch i think that they've missed on all the all the objective stuff 
Oh, and they missed in all the way that Bulova tends to miss. Bulova's tending towards fashion watches. Yes, this they don't, feels like a fashion watch to me. They they don't they don't go that just little bit extra to make it fucking cool. They make it look cool, and then then they wipe their hands of it, put it to market, and they're That's good. Right. Then they're good with what the result is, which bummed me out. Yeah, because once it, when I when I first saw the pictures of it, I was stoked. I was like, oh, Bulova's gonna. Here they go. We're gonna we're gonna turn a corner. This brand that has this legacy of really fucking cool watches is coming back. This is this is the first domino. And then it didn't strike any other dominoes, and we just still have fashion watches for the most part coming from Bulova. And it just it missed in the way Orient misses and just the, the really key categories that make it an awesome, yeah. awesome watch. It looks yeah. great though. It looks good. Yeah. I, I mean it's this fashionable fashion watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah no I think it's a neat watch though I I I wouldn't disparage anybody who wanted this I love the fact that it's a chronograph we're not seeing a ton of that mm-hmm. so I think I, this is well there, we I guess we pulled two chronographs today yeah yeah, yeah. all right so I, I just I don't want to lament on it any further <laughs> you just need to we got to move on yeah huh? we got to move on uh I think that we should I think we've got two watches left that we need to talk about mm-hmm. and I think we should start with the Citizen Nighthawk yeah. I think we should start with the, of those two, we should start with the Citizen Nighthawk. And we probably shouldn't spend a ton of time here. <laughs> I think we could probably spend the next half hour talking about it. We've we've been down this path. We've been down this path. Look, guys, you get it. This is a cool watch. It has all the things you want in a pilot's watch, all the things you want in a chronograph, all the things you want in a sport watch. It's a little big. The bracelet is money. Money. The design. I gave this. A, I gave this a ten on bracelet. I gave two tens today, and in, in terms of strap, this is one of them. This got a nine for me. I don't know what would make a ten. Yeah, I think. I think you're right. I think this is actually a nine for me too. Uh, so so mark it down. Mark it down. Total score to a fifty nine for me. That's where mine's at. Um, because I think you're right. I, I think there you can improve this bracelet, but it's really close for being a simple bracelet. Mm-hmm. It's really close to perfect. Um. Yeah, it's just fantastic. 42. I mean, it loses points. This is tied with our number one watch if it's 40 millimeters. And I don't think everybody wants this watch to be 40 millimeters. I think it does just fine at 42. Yeah, I think it does. And, and I th- I think I wanted it at 42 because there's a lot happening on that dial. You pull two millimeters off of that dial and it's too much. Yeah. It's not going to be legible. You're going to lose the... You're going to lose the... the functionality of the slide rule which nobody knows how to use anyway but you're going to not be able to use it it's just going to be a total like just a mess the 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 gmt you're going to lose the yeah you'd lose all the cool things about this watch if you pulled the size down anymore i think that's right yeah i i think that's right uh the gmt function on this watch which i think is innovative and different than anything really i can't think of another gmt like this but you there got, isn't one you've got that it's the gmt only exists between 6 and 12 but what you've got is a hand with red and white red and white or blue and yellow or is it blue and white yeah whatever. On, this, on the blue angels on the blue angels yeah. yeah something like that but two different colors two different tracks the color the hand displays is the track that you're following yep it's i mean it's so simple so simple and it's an eco drive and so awesome yeah that's right that's right it's gonna it's gonna run for you know 15 or 20 years or however long the capacitor lasts this is a this is a one watch kind of watch yeah that's right and i think that there are probably about 7 million uh septuagenarian collect septuagenarian social security collecting men 
in the United States that this is their watch. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they just want to start giving them away. <laughs> That's right. In another like four or five years, there's just going to be a ton of these things on eBay. But like I said in the beginning, they, they've discontinued this. So if, if you're on the fence, now is probably the time. I'm on the fence and I think now is the time for me too. Yeah, you know, they're going to go up to about 300, 350 once the, once the sort of big uh, pools of them dry up. They're going to be available for two or three years. Yeah. This this iteration. But yeah. Yeah, they're they're going to go up in price starting now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been they've been going up in price. What's crazy is is how simple the bracelet is, but but how still how good it is. Yeah, it's you know, I don't know what you call this, three-dimensional oyster perhaps or mm-hmm. or whatever, but it just feels great. <laughs> this watch shouldn't have a fantastic bracelet. No. This watch shouldn't be as good as it is. It's weird. It's a clunky pilot watch with a slide rule and an odd GMT functionality, but it's fucking cool. Yeah. So yeah, at 60 points, we've got the Citizen Nighthawk. Now, 59 points. 59 points. Yep. Uh, our final watch is the newest watch on our list. Hasn't even been released. <laughs> it's the newest watch on our list. And this just happened, right? We, you know, we don't know what the scores are going to be. We're sort of tied to the scores. I know, I know we sort of joke about them being objective, even though it's certainly not objective. Scientific. Uh, but but our hands are tied in many respects. Um, this watch just scored extremely well. They have hacked. Notice Wes and Colin have hacked the objectively best watch list. You know what that with shows their me? Sector series. That shows me that our Score guide is perfect. That's right. There's a watch company designing watches to to beat our scoring system. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So it it should be no surprise. Notice Sector Pilot was announced this last week by Wes and Colin. And I mean it's been it's been announced. The case to, the case has been renderings have been available, or at least the 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 line drawings and dimensions have been available since the beginning. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, but but they actually sort of released re- released photos, and I think they've even sold a bunch of them. They're in production, and they're going to be in your inboxes shortly. But you promise? Uh, I mean, if you ordered one. Oh, that's not what you got us all for Christmas. You know, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Boo Boo. I did not get you one. Two next year, maybe. Oh, okay. So if you haven't looked, if you haven't tech checked this thing out, they're totally fantastic. It should come in as no surprise that it's a sector dial. Mm-hmm. It's a sector dial. It has got a crosshair, at least on 369. Fantastic, big, giant, legible Arabic numerals. It does have a bezel, uh, a rotating bezel with a a countdown timer, Mm -hmm. which is a cool feature. It's got a day-date function. Mm -hmm. Which is really well executed. They they, Extremely well executed. They hid them very well. Fantastic colors. I mean... What 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 more what more do you want out of what more do you want out of this watch? I don't want them to pop the bezel off. Big giant onion crown. Yep, the crown is money. The Sector H Link bracelet, which is phenomenal. I th- I think that that is perhaps the best bracelet on our. Uh sure. I think that it's right there. I think it's right there with the Nighthawk. I think that they're very close to one another. What's weird is that the the Nighthawk bracelet scores better for me, and I think it's because it's so unexpected at how good it is. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. So these these both got 10s in terms of bracelet on mine, but then I downgraded them both to 9s. Yeah. Cuz they don't have I, I think if you had like a a quick adjust, both of those bracelets would be 10s. 
I think Monta bracelets are a 10 for me. I yeah, think that, I think that's, that's right. the answer. That's right. Yeah. It, so if, if these had quick adjust, they'd be 10s, as it is, they're 9s. So, so into the scoring, the water resistance, they're getting 11 points. These are, Their entire sector series is coming out with 150, 150 meters of water resistance. Yeah. Which is a great number. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great number. The They're sized perfectly. They're all 40 millimeter cases, a 10 there, all using the same movement platform. NH, NH35s. Yep, all NH35s. Coming on a great bracelet. The aesthetic on all these is awesome. They're doing some color experimentation. Yes. And, and you see that in, across all their lines. They come out with some really standard colors, and then they drop some pastels. Some of the pastels I could do without. <laughs> but that's the nature but, of that, but right? But people dig them. They yeah, get sold, right? They're, that I'm obviously not the guy they're selling that watch to, and I, I'm glad they're selling that watch because I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the durability is great. All these watches have the same dna in them of very much go anywhere do anything none of them are outlandish none of them are over or undersized they go well on leather they go well on their bracelet they go well on a nato very versatile watch great loom and their x-factor because they they do really well in there they get a perfect score in the x-factor for me because it's such a it's such a unique idea to build out a family of watches based off of the same case platform but do them for totally different ways yeah yeah this is i mean they're they're just super fun watches you know wes has been sort of generous when he says stuff like oh yeah well the the sector skin diver sort of was inspired by your guys show and he said that to me a couple times and it feels like well that's really nice of you to say that but these guys had a plan from the from the beginning they had a plan and it's such a cool concept. I, I can't think of another company doing this, right? Well, a lot of companies use a similar platform, but none of them so transparently. It's like, we're going to design one really great case, and then we're going to use it to make four wholly different watches. You can see that they're related, but that's it. These, like, we're making siblings. We're not making clones. Yeah, that's right. So, it, and in case you don't know, the Sector series, same. It, there's, it's a shared mid-case, shared bracelet, different dials, different bezels, Um to fit these four different and so they've also released photos of the of the sport watch this week which i think is perhaps my least favorite of the four but only because having having seen the other three it's like well the sport's a little boring (laughs) which is not a totally fair criticism i i mean even being your least favorite of the three or of the four it's still a very good watch yeah that's right that's right so uh I think those are the ones. Did you have anything else that scored particularly well that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I just had some that I was hoping would score a lot better. And I and I think the the SNG fifteen or SNZG fifteen was one that uh, it's one hundred fifty three bucks and it, it it scored a forty eight. And I was just like, it just it bummed me out that it didn't do better because I think that's a really great option to start feeling out a little bit larger sized very field pilot kind of that weird i don't really know what i am between these two it fits both molds kind of watch um i felt that way about i felt that way about the orient flight and the sna 411 too i wanted yeah. them to score a little better and they both scored well um well they got better than 10 that's right but, <laughs> but I, I think at some point those are great sort of beginner watches the flight being a quartz watch I think is great. You can pick those up for dang near, I think, 70 bucks. And even the automatics, if you can find the automatics, they're like 160. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really neat watches. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, they, they are 
plagued with the the curses of of a fly, of a pilot watch on our list. Mm-hmm. So the the four eleven I think is interesting because it has a slide rule. It's a super busy, I would say, Breitling style mm-hmm. pilot's watch, uh, Navitimer style pilot's watch. In terms of just that, like really sort of information data heavy uh, dial, I don't, I do not love the Zen one hundred four case that 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 the SNA uses. So concur. Um, yeah, I think those are the those are the others that I thought. Well, those deserve some lip service, but at the end of the day, just didn't. Yeah, I'd like to hear your favorites of the what day. We, what? What do you mean? We're like to hear your favorite, the listeners, the folks who are listening, not you. I'm oh. talking to you. <laughs> I was like, you we, just, we, we're for sure we missed some. just spent them. the last 45 minutes hearing my favorites. <laughs> we're sure we missed some. Indeed. Let us know. I, I almost, I was tempted to put the SNK on my list. It's, I mean, it, it fits. It does. I even wore mine today in honor of it because my, um, my Avion has been in the dark for so long that it, I set my Surefire on top of it for like 10 minutes and it still didn't have enough to beat that every three second tick. Did you kill it? I don't know. It's under a light. Ouch. <laughs> I think you can change the capacitor in that. That might be a project. I think it's going to be good. It's under a light now. I think it just needs to be charged up. All right. Is the right... I mean, I don't know how to man it, how to like safely sustain an eco drive if it's not being worn regularly. I Should I leave can, it in the windowsill? I like, so it's it. just constantly running? I think that's right. Because a watch winder is not good for that purpose. Keeping your watch wound at tension reduces the lifespan. Well, but this is different. So yeah. a, a, watch, a watch winder will... A watchwinder will keep an automatic movement running, but most people say you maybe shouldn't be winding a watch that you're not wearing super often because you're just sort of you're increasing just, friction. It's just mileage on the watch. That's right. You're just yeah. increasing mileage. I think with an ego drive, it's different because it's a battery charge. You're not increasing friction. You're just keeping the battery charged. Hmm. You're the capacitor, excuse yeah. me, in this case. So uh, it yeah. might it might just get relocated to the window. I think that that's the answer. Yeah. yeah, just keep them keep them fresh and charged. Yeah, but it was ticking. It was moving. Oh, good. After having the light on, it was just the they they go to like an every three second increment as opposed to every second increment. Sure, tick. Sure. So it's happened before. It's <laughs> come back. So all right, good. It's under a light right now. It's nighttime. It it they is nighttime. Being in the window wouldn't. Yeah, that's all I have for our uh, objectively best pilot watches under. $500. And I think we can recap what interestingly, I don't think we have a top three really. We just have a top two. Yeah, I think that's right. It's a notice sector pilot and the citizen Nighthawk. And maybe we throw the KO1 in as yeah, a I as think, a top three as the third. Yeah, I think the KO1 is acceptable. But I also think, you know, I think the lock in, the, the, or the, the lock in, the, the lock in, the, yeah, the lock in, uh, the lock o lock in, or um, its counterpart, the, uh, the T cell. No, 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 no. The other, the the type B and then the type A is the, oh the uh, Augsburg, yeah, the Augsburg, yeah, yeah the Aachen and the Augsburg, I think are really good options for a number three. Um, I think it sort of depends yeah. on what your priorities are, right? Yeah, I think any any the T cell, the Islander, mm-hmm. the Gakoda, or the Laco. I think depending on your priorities, if you want best fit and finish, you go for the Ko one. Mm-hmm. If you want the Bonafides. You go for the Laco. I think even with Bonafides, you might go Ko1 because you're getting that 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 Etta movement. You're still getting Swiss. You're getting yeah. all the. You're getting the shit. It just you don't have the legacy logo on the dial. That's right. So if you want that legacy do- logo, you go for the Laco. If you want fit and finish and a great movement, you go the Ko1, the Gakota. 
if you want value, either the T cell or the Islander, great picks. Mm-hmm. So oh, we'll give it a four a four way tie for for third place. Foursomes are good. <laughs> And those are our traditional fleegers too, right? Yeah. That is the list of the traditional fleegers. But this wasn't the fleeger episode. This was the pilot episode. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And if you have an A15, let us know what you think of it because my my inclination is to think you're a little bummed out. Yeah, that's mine too. Other things, Andrew, mm. what do you got? Are you ready? Uh, I couldn't I'm find ready. any of our show notes to suggest that we have talked about this, but I do feel like we have. I'm just going to... We, we have talked about this, whether we've talked about it on the air. I feel like even writing it in... I feel like I remember writing it in the show notes. I just couldn't find it. <laughs> and it couldn't have been that long ago. No, but I'm going to talk about like it two too. Weeks ago. I don't think we've talked about it. Manhunt Deadly Games. So this is season two of Manhunt. Season one of Manhunt focused on the hunt for... Oh boy. The Unabomber. Ted the Kaczynski. Unabomber. Yeah. I, well, I kept wanting, I wanted to say Ted Bundy, but I was like, no, nope, we're not there. That's not it. The Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Season two is a very similar, similarly told story of the hunt for the bomber at Centennial Park at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. Yes. Uh, so I am three episodes in. For those of you unfamiliar with it, what it, it tells the story of this terribly botched investigation the media the the media blitz that maybe or maybe didn't cause the botching of the investigation and it obviously dramatizes the story this isn't this isn't how it happened there's just no way this is exactly how it happened but there's so much media evidence of what went down then it's not it can't be too terribly far from the truth Yes. 1990s, for those of you unfamiliar, 1996, there was a bomb that was that went off during the Olympic Games in one of the uh, Olympic Park facilities, and then a manhunt ensued. The security guard found what he believed to be a device, and as somebody who works around overzealous security guards a lot, I can tell you that never once have I ever taken their statements seriously. <laughs> so... Anyway, this guy's like, this is a suspicious device. We need to deal with it. Turns out it's a bomb. And he becomes the prime suspect. The the white knight syndrome, making himself a hero. So he, they, the theory was that he planted the explosive. He then discovered it so he could be the hero. You know that Josh Allen was born in 1996? <laughs> they were talking about that this morning or yesterday when I was watching the Bills games. That's funny. Like, fuck me. Might have even been 97. I, you know, I think about that sometimes when I'm watching pro sports and I'm like, man, <laughs> man, you made more money this year than I will in my entire life and you're 24 years old. So I think, you know, I messaged you, Kim and I were about four episodes into this and I messaged you and I was like, you got to watch Manhunt. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. It's really good. The, the pacing is good. The way they sort of give you your ups and downs, your highs and lows, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, the acting is great too. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, because there's also a Richard Jewell movie, yeah, that's been produced and and I think is set to be released shortly. I think it was supposed to be a this year release, yeah, um, but pandemic. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's really well done. They're 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 blown out of the park. I think this one so far is better than season one. I loved season one, the Unabomber hunt. Uh, season two is proving to be at this point better done. They they've hit their stride. And that was Paul Bettany was season season mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, the acting was great. You know, <clears throat> Richard Jewell, I think, is probably portrayed as just a 
touch more sympathetic than he actually was. Oh, 100%. But you got to, for for the purposes of a TV show, you got to make this guy really sympathetic. That's right. Especially because you know everyone's going to Google it, right? Everyone's going to watch the first episode and be like, what the fuck happened? And they're going to they're gonna read about it and they're going to see this whole story. So they, they, they had to make this character even more relatable, even more pitiable than he would have been yeah. in real life because you got to look at, you, you got to put on your hindsight specs and and really feel bad for this guy i imagine he was probably not such a such a baby about I, it i imagine he wasn't such a baby and i think he probably wasn't also very likable i i suspect he was not quite as like you know they make him seem like salt of the earth heart of gold type and and i don't get that feeling that that's the that that that's totally well, yeah no i i definitely don't that being said it's a great show. It's great. Check and a great out. cast. And if you haven't watched season one, burn burn up season one first. Because season two actually calls back to season one. Oh, does it? A couple times, yeah. Oh. In in really sort of subtle ways. I haven't I haven't caught it yet. Yeah. But. In 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 pretty subtle ways. But uh fantastic. And, and the whole, you know, the the actual guy who did this stuff is pretty pretty yucky. And and the second half of the show is really more about him than it is about Richard Jewell. So, and I think the Richard Jewell story is really important to how that guy was able to continue his spree. Perhaps, yes, yeah, perhaps that's right. So, I've got another thing, and I've got a weird one this week. Weird. I'm going to talk about booze. Okay. And it's not whiskey. Okay. I'm going to talk about some brandy. Hmm. Can I? Can I take a quick pause? You keep talking. I'm going to get glasses. Uh, okay. You're you're going to get. Oh, that's spectacle. That's. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about a brandy. I recently, I recently was on a hunt to get some good brandy. And, and the reason for that is because brandy is brandy is brandy. It's seven bucks a fifth or whatever, 12 bucks a fifth. And it's never exciting. And it's never particularly good. And so I did the thing, you know, I Google best brandies under 60 bucks. And I later under, later was uh, educated that it's really best brandy under 30 bucks is what I want. And as it turns out, there's a couple different kinds of brandy. And I don't really care all that much about that. I just want a drinkable brandy. So you go through these lists and they say, oh, well, this is this kind of brandy. This is an American brandy. Uh, this is a cognac, you know, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I find I'm at the liquor store as I'm, as I'm reading because that's what you do. It's so aromatic. Just right as soon as you open it, you get a lot of sweet, like mapley continue and so as i'm standing in the aisle i'm looking at like six different kinds of enj there's like enj just the normal label there's the vsop mm -hmm. and then i i come across this list and they say enj xo and i look down there's enj xo on that and they said this is truly better than anything else in enj's lineup this is and vsop is super popular this is like a really really good top of the line brandy it's going to be kind of sweet, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, good. I, I've been standing in the aisle for 10 minutes now. So I grab it. I get it home, and I think I text message you. I'm like, yeah, you did. Holy shit, dude. I just bought brandy, and it's delicious, and I want to sip on it. Mm -hmm. Which is what, I mean, that's why people drink brandy. The color is great on it. Oh, this. Cheers. What the color is great. I mean, I'm not like a big like wine tasting sniffer guy or whatever, but it's so complex. Mm -hmm. It's soft on the nose. You get a little bit of heat, like just a little bit of that ethanol-y alcohol coming off of it. Sweet, maple-y. It tastes like a piece of candy on your tongue. And then you get some really good heat on the back end. Butterscotchy. Butterscotch, I, that's right. Man, I would like a, a bowl of Werther's Originals and a mug filled with this. <laughs> and you know, I've had like Cavazia or whatever. 
Hennessy, fine. Yeah. It's fine, but it's like meh. Those are like Patron. They're they they got a they've got a good brand name. They've got some street cred, but they're they're not the end all be all. And you know, this doesn't feel to me like a liqueur, right? No. It's not sweet. It's a touch thick. It's a touch thick, but it's not like a liqueur. This is a booze. Mm-hmm. It's just stunning and easy to drink and lovely. It's almost too good to put in my eggnog. Oh, but it's got to be so good in eggnog. It's, it is super good yeah. in eggnog, but it's almost like I want to go back and get the cheap shit. Well, this stuff's still pretty fucking cheap. I think it was like 30 bucks for a fifth. 27 bucks for that bottle, maybe. 80 proof. Yeah. Super drinkable. Yeah. Super bright. This is a very good, like, dessert for keto people. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you can't have too much of it on keto, but yes, that's right. I mean, you also can't have cake on keto, so take your pick, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. E&J Brandy XO. American e- Brandy. EXO? E- E&J Brandy. XO. XO. Black Label. Teardrop shaped bottle, hugs and kisses, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. Andrew, is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we before we run the music and hang up on these kind people? Outlander got me back, and I'm excited for season six. It did get you back. Got me back. I told you that was going to happen. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Check us out on Instagram, at 40 and 20, or at the watch clicker. That's where we post all of the pictures of the watches and the stuff that we're reviewing. Yada, yada, yada. If you want to read our newest reviews, read our weekly roundup every Saturday morning, y'all. You can check us out, watchclicker.com. And if you want to support the show, that's where we get our money for hardware, these microphones, <laughs> hosting costs, all that stuff. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.